0: I think what it, a lot of what we're talking about really is about recognition of their humanity. So it, it lands both for the employee but also for the guest. The guest comes, and I recognize you as an individual person who has interests, who has passions, who has problems, why I'm here. Maybe it's to escape. Maybe it's to have fun. Whatever that might be, and trying to just connect. And even if it's just a brief moment, being able to connect with that person, like you mentioned, the logo, you know, the logo on the top of the hat, You know, referencing that logo, maybe referencing a game, if it's a sports team or something, a game that just happened. Something like that took a moment to recognize you as an individual, and the same thing happens on the employee side. All you have to do is have these small little moments where you just recognize that they're, um, mentioned small things, that they're not just a cog in a machine. And sometimes I think we feel like we can be those cogs in a machine, especially if it's, you know, I'm one of 500 staff at a large park or even a small FEC that maybe has 50 or 150 staff. I'm just this cog in this machine. We take that moment to recognize a small little bit of humanity and just comment on something, even if it's not recognition, but just recognition of that they're an individual person. Welcome to the Attraction Pros
1: Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today.
2: We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career
1: in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success.
2: And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee
1: engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for The Attraction Pros Podcast. It's going okay. No, it's not.
2: It is fantastic! Yes, yes!
1: Josh, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, why are we here? We are here because it's IAPA Expo week, isn't it? It is. This is the greatest week of the year, right? The most wonderful time of the year. It is the, the most, the most wonderful, wonderful, time wonderful time of the year. time of the year, and we are here to tap into the collective wisdom of the room. That's what and, I'm here for.
2: And we have got a lot of wisdom in the room. I know quite a few of you. I know a lot of you are really, really smart, and the people that I don't know, I bet are smarter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: this is, we're back. It's Attraction Pros Live. We haven't done this here in like, what, three years or so?
2: It's been a while, but here's what we do, right? How many of you listen to the Attraction Pros podcast? Everybody say yes. Yes. (laughs) So on the Attraction Pros podcast, you just got to see some of the wonderful people that we've had on the podcast as guests, and now you all are our guests. Ooh. Yeah, I was waiting for the collective uh, and Oz.
1: That's right. So what you have all been asked to do when you walked into the room was to share something, whether it's a challenge or an opportunity or something you are working on within your business, especially as we uh, wrap up twenty twenty-two and we go into twenty twenty-three in terms of what it is that you're working on. Maybe something that is a struggle, maybe something that is a challenge that perhaps some other people in the room might be encountering similar types of issues. So Here's the thing. We have no idea what you wrote down. In fact, all (laughs) week, people were saying, oh, Attraction Pro's live, that's fantastic. What are you guys gonna talk about? And I'd say, I have no idea. So I still don't know, but I don't know either. We have a little bit of of an idea of what is gonna go on over the next 40 to 45 or so, I have no idea what time it is actually, minutes (laughs) that we are all here together. So here's how this is gonna work. First of all, thank you all so much. I'm holding a very nice stack of cards right here. These are all business challenges that you are trying to solve, as it said right at the top of the slip of paper. So thank you all so much for filling them out. We are going to select them at random and we're gonna talk about it. Together, we might throw in our two cents every now and then if maybe it's something that we've encountered or something that we help our clients solve or the industry solve or something that maybe we've heard a solution to from previous podcast guests. But for the most part, this is all about you. So as you can see, we've got microphones in our hands here. We plan on passing these around the room because you get to be the guest on the Attraction Pros podcast today. And all of this is being recorded and will be available as a future podcast episode coming up in the near future. So how exciting does that sound? Cool. Excellent.
2: Yeah. Now, one thing I think that that we should kind of start off with maybe a little bit, right? We've got some business challenges, and I think it's it's important to dive into those. But we also want to set the expectation, like you said, that this is not just about us, right? We want to hear from you. You all have some great ideas. You all have some great thoughts. You all have some great solutions that may, uh, you know, help somebody else. So this is really going to be interactive. We're going to come down off the stage here in just a second. But I have a quick question for anybody that wants to share. I would just like to hear one thing that has happened over the last year that has been really, really great for you or for your business. So who's got something to share that's been really great for you and your business? Before we jump in to the uh, challenges and the problems and the things we want to solve, what's been really great? Frank, I know you want (laughs) to share.
3: New rides and attractions. One more time. New rides and attractions.
2: New rides and attractions. Woo! Now, when you come to IAPA, you're looking for new stuff too, right? And I hope we get some new, not rides and attractions in here, but new ideas, right? Excellent, I excellent. I wouldn't mind
1: some new rides and attractions right, right now, yeah. <laughs> We've got yeah. another one right over right. there.
2: Yep, we're gonna get you a microphone.
1: First, tell us who you are and what you do.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Rice, a General Manager with WoZone, water-based family entertainment centers. And last year at IAPA, connected with a company out on the floor, I'm gonna give them a plug, Event Hawk. They are in the party rental business, but revolutionized my guest communications business, mm. changed the game. We are small, very small. And I had guests coming up to me telling me they didn't know who I was as the GM, that they felt like they were communicating with Disney over the phone. And I literally said, You have no idea how good that makes me feel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was like a huge win this year. All
2: right. Thank you. Round of Excellent. applause, Round for, applause Jen. For, for Jen. Yeah. Thank you right? Do we <laughs> have, uh, do we have a, a challenge that we'd like to
1: start with then? We have a plethora of challenges. Oh, I like that word. Right. All right. right. So this, this has two, but I'm going to read number one first. Bring it. Yeah. Matt, I think you might dabble in this subject okay. a little bit. but TikTok? But it is not TikTok. Okay, and good. even though you dabble in it, I don't want to hear what you think about it. I, I want to hear everybody else. Mm, no. Developing leaders to help reduce turnover. Now, I suppose that could be reducing turnover of your leaders or you develop your leaders so that it reduces the turnover of the staff that they are leading. Perhaps it could go from either way, but who has any interesting or informative or engaging leadership development strategies that you've implemented with your attraction, your business that you would love to share?
2: And that maybe helps reduce turnover. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody have something? Well, while you're thinking, I'll just tell, tell you that my thought on this is that leaders absolutely impact turnover, right? We, we impact the way that our team members feel. We impact the way that they um, interact with one another. We impact the way that they interact with our guests. So if we don't have a robust development plan for our leaders, then chances are the experience that our team members are going to have is probably not all that positive. And when your team members don't have a positive experience, then what happens? Thank you, Dino. The guests do not have a great experience either. And when your guests don't have a great experience, then what happens? Then they don't come back and you don't have any money and then you're going to have to close your doors, right? So this is a pretty important topic when we talk about developing leaders. And then the question, of course, is how do you do it? How do you develop leaders? Well, one of the things that I've definitely experienced over the years is that it cannot be a one-time situation, right? It cannot be just one class that you do and say, you're a leader, boom go, right? Here's your keys, here's your radio, right? I firmly believe, and I have some people in the front row that I hope, and and back row, that will help kind of prove this out is that leadership development is really a journey. And it's really something that as you go through your journey as a as a leader, as a manager, as a human being, that you're learning new things, right? And you learn those things and you get to apply them and then you get to see, okay, did that work or not? And if it did, great, let's keep doing that. If it didn't, let's figure out how to fix it in the future.
1: Mm, absolutely. I've read a couple books on that subject. I Can't remember the author, but you know I think I, there's somebody I, in the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> somebody knows something. Yeah. So when we think about leadership development strategies. When you think of development, a lot of times that might be synonymous with investment. And there was one of the things that we heard in the intro video from Mike Apacassis where he talked about the importance of investing in your teams. So, if you're thinking about trying to reduce turnover, well, we know that turnover, whether it's of guests or employees, can be about five to seven times more expensive than retaining them. So, instead, if you can be more proactive about that and put those investments forwards, maybe it's about uh, additional training for leadership. Maybe it's looking for areas of particular skill sets that they see the opportunity to grow in and be able to improve those so it enhances their leadership abilities. So it decreases their own turnover because they say that they see that the company is taking care of them and truly investing in them. And at the same time, makes them that better leader, which also decreases employee turnover as well.
2: Absolutely. I would love to see if somebody has, uh, you know, if somebody wants to share, maybe if that was your question or if you have a kind of a, a secondary question to that like you know what was behind that and if there's anything we can expand on but Rob wants to say something Rob who are you away from
4: uh, hi everybody I'm Rob uh, Laura from uh, Zoo Miami I'm the interpretive programs manager there and um I would, I would say that this has been a part of my situation lately, is that um, I recently became in charge of an entire team that had been around for a while, and one of the things I did is to, mostly to make sure they knew where I was coming from, is uh, I had one-on-ones with my supervisor, the, the, the supervisor that is my direct report comes answers to me, um, and regularly, but the thing that I think really spoke volumes to them was that I made him have uh, one-on-ones with his leads, the people underneath him. and by having my regular one-on-ones with him, he knew what I expected of him, right? And so, like you talked about time investment, um, one of the things I really enjoyed hearing back was that the leads really loved the one-on-ones with him. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, those are really important. And he had never had done that with them before. And so not only did I give him a structure, but I, I went and I, sat, I invested my time in them and went in and sat, on, sat in on the first few. Um, that way they had someone to kind of make sure that they come something out of it, uh, bring something out of it. But but the, 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 then now I don't have to go every day, or every time they go. So it's once a week, once a week. They get together for an hour or a half hour, however long it takes them to get through the agenda that we set up, and they've been really raving about it. And so the next step that we've been doing is now my leads are gonna go start have one-on-ones with the team. Um, and so I told them it doesn't have to be a half hour. I just need you to talk to them individually, like privately, You know, while you're working, if it's just you two, or while you're driving somewhere, or if you have a minute, pull them aside and talk to them. And you can set points and you know, set set things up. So I thought that was really great, and I might have gotten it uh, the suggestion from people up up front, but it was a, a very important facet of my leadership journey with this new team, and I think it's going really well.
2: Excellent! Give Rob, Rob a round of applause. Thank you for sharing.
4: Thank you, Rob. Excellent. Did that spark anything that uh, might be
1: along the lines of something that you're focusing on as well, or something that you want to see from your team, or something even with your own development as a leader that you think could enhance your own leadership capabilities in your career? And if not, we've got a
2: whole stack have a whole, yeah. whole stack. I yeah. would actually just like to ask one question about that. What are the challenges that you face in developing leaders for... The, the, the purpose of creating a better environment for your team members, is it time? Is it that you don't know what to teach them? Is it um, that you don't have a, a support system? So you were shaking your head if I could get your, your thought on that. Time is I think the biggest issue for, for all of us is just finding the time to, to do those things. And who are you? Where are you from? Sean uh, with the Lincoln Children's Zoo in Lincoln, Nebraska. Excellent. Excellent. So Sean says time. How many of you would say that time is an issue for any kind of training? Hmm. Right? So for that's those one listening thing- that
1: this audio only, almost every hand of the report. Thank reply. you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, but I think that's something that we have to, to, to look at maybe a little differently, right? If time is the issue, then how do we adjust what we're doing within that time so that we can get the development that we need? It's a great point. Thank you, Sean.
1: Cool. Excellent. Shall we move on to the next question? Bring it. Matt, you oh, you like I'll to grab pick one, one from yes. the stack? All right, here we go. Yeah. We can go in order, we can shuffle it. We can oh, mix oh this, is,
2: this is a good one. Ooh. All right, so more frequent and more timely communication between separate departments for events. So this one says for events, but I think we can expand that one out, right? How many of you would say, and this will be another audio thing we have to tell them, mm-hmm. how many of you would say that communication between departments in your organization could be better? Okay, everybody's got their so hand up. Oh, everybody's yeah. got their <laughs> hand up. So, uh, who has some thoughts or suggestions for improving communication between departments?
1: Okay, way in the back. Josh. Oh. All right. Josh I'm is running. getting the steps. I'm running. <laughs> Karen, how are you? First, please introduce yourself.
5: Hi, I'm Karen Burns, and I'm the Aquarium Program Supervisor at the Virginia Aquarium and Marine Science Center, and we've worked on this for many years. I've been in my position for quite some time. But we um, not only have mentorship programs that involve supervisors from one department taking on new hires from other departments, we also have an employee, shadowing program that we just developed. Huge, huge time investment. I'll tell you that right off. But all of our new employees that come on, whether they are full time or part time, get this employee passport. And there is a way to set up an opportunity, whether it's in water quality or animal care or any of the other department life support admissions, all of them so that all the new employees have the ability to make an appointment and spend some time Shadowing anybody in any department and it has really helped to build morale Buy-in for all of our staff at all levels because then they get it whether it's a curator of an animal department going to sit in for a half an hour with the Admissions folks that take reservations then they get it. It's like wow They don't really know what everybody does. So this mentorship program and employee passport has been a huge huge um, win for us um, in it- as leaders in the institution, excellent.
2: excellent. Give her a round of applause and actually, you, let's, let's keep the mic there just for a second because I have okay. a follow up question. All right, I'm sorry. How standing long did by. it take you to uh, put that mentorship program together?
5: We actually formed a team, which I didn't even sit on, but one of uh, a couple of my staff did. But we fo- formed a team, um, I think we called them a guest engagement or guest experience team to develop the, um, the passport. It probably took I would say, honestly, 18 months to 24 months of that team meeting just to figure out who would do what, how it would happen, writing it, and then figuring how we were going to implement it. Because once it was written, we actually went to leadership, gave the buy-in and said, yeah, this is a great idea. And we still struggle with getting, getting folks to to take advantage of it, but that's up to the supervisors of the individual sections to really champion that. And I would um, echo what uh, the gentleman from Zoo Miami said, we do a similar thing with regular meetings, and again, big time suck, but it is so worth the investment.
2: Awesome, awesome. One more round of applause. Thank you for that
1: follow-up, appreciate that. Thank you, Terry.
5: Does anybody else have
2: thoughts on on, uh, increased or, or better communication? Was that a hand up you were putting up? Yeah.
5: Not really on better communication, but kind of on what you said, you can make the best thing, but if you can't figure out the best way to implement it or like make it accessible to people, like it sucks because you have this amazing great tool, but nobody's gonna use it. And so I was kind of wondering if the group had any ideas on ways to get people excited about your great idea that you were so excited about.
2: Oh. <laughs> Thank you, so that's, that's ideas a great to get people excited about your ideas. <laughs> How do we do that? Yeah.
4: Say it again. Uh, involve them in the idea process, like, hey, we've got this cool idea, we're going to have a quick meeting to see how we can implement it. Um, we, we had a, a committee for customer service, and we recently changed it from customer service committee that was mandatory for everyone to send someone into an um, employee engagement committee, which is now voluntary to participate, but if you participate, there's incentives. Um, like a like special hours you can earn and stuff like that. And so if you show up, then your voice is heard and you can be like, oh, well that won't work for my team, but maybe if you did it this way. Or that won't work on this date, but maybe on the weekends or maybe only on the weekdays or maybe only you know a, a process of approving it to go through and then they have to walk it around and get it approved by the different people. Um, that way it puts it on the person, but if they do it, they get this, whatever this is. Um, I don't know, just a thought. To- yeah. It's
2: great, It's great. Yeah, we have over here, and introduce yourself please.
4: Brandon Cole, I'm the general manager of the
6: Clubhouse Family Entertainment Center in Oklahoma. Uh, piggybacking off of Rob's point, I also like to launch um, any initiative with um, support at each level. So not just for my management team, but I bring in a team member or a shift leader at each, um, at each attraction to kind of launch it in their own way, shape, and form. So we all have the same idea about it, but I know that they got the investment there and in at every level. Excellent, excellent. How about some round of applause for those three answers? Excellent. And by the way, we didn't
2: get you to introduce yourself.
5: (laughs) I'm Kate, I'm a show ambassador this week, but I work at Magic Leap as a mechanical engineer.
1: Awesome, thank you very much. Kate, you were also part of our inaugural Attraction Pros interns. Yes, Yes. exactly. And you all got an
2: Attraction Pros pen when you came in, is that right? Mm. Yay. Because she was an intern, Kate got the first one. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Megan got one too, yes, yes, awesome.
1: That's right. Okay, Uh, if anybody, if we're all set there, we can move on to the next question. And this, this is a good one here, because this has to do with guest experience and a little bit of marketing as well. And this is about how do I keep my guests engaged with my brand after they visit my attraction? So they came, they visited, they hopefully had a good experience. You want to keep them engaged because you probably want them to come back. Maybe you want them to become an annual pass holder or a member. Maybe you want them to post a positive review online. Uh, maybe you want them to bring their friends when they come back. So after they visit, what do you do to keep them engaged? Uh, I don't- oh. I, I guessed that you wrote this one yeah, yeah. So
0: just just for some more context um, it actually wasn't really about marketing at all um, well it's about brand yeah. building but yeah. the, the context was um, how do how do you how do you basically keep somebody engaged with the actual attraction with the brand like meaning offline mm-hmm. online that kind of thing so not necessarily marketing to bring them back in yes you do want to bring them back in ultimately mm-hmm. um, but they're you're coming back in because they want to Continue that experience that they were have that they had while they were there with their friends, their family, but then they also had when they went home potentially. Yeah. So thinking through things like engagement in some sort of metaverse uh, type type environment or something like they instead of you know. I'm kind of come from yeah. the FEC constituency. Um, and so thinking of like, instead of getting a stuffed animal as part of a redemption item, you know, I get a thousand credits and then I get this big stuffed animal. So instead of getting that maybe, or maybe I do get that, but I also get an NFT that then allows me to show off what I got when I went w- with my friends, when I went home, put that on my online gamer profiles, those types of things. And then that maybe gets me access to VIP, uh, VIP space online, maybe on a website, there's like a special page. That, and then when I come back, I can actually show that NFT and then get access to maybe a VIP area of the, FEC you know those types of things so that was some of the context just kind of curious what some of the other thoughts that might be out there around how to keep that engagement going keep them excited about coming back but also thinking about that brand that experience that attraction on an ongoing basis as well yeah
1: so going way beyond like social media and online <laughs> reviews as far as like post visit guest engagement, but in ways that they can they can actually continue interacting with the venue and now tying in a lot of very hot topics and trending conversations related to metaverse, related to VR, related to NFTs and being able to use that, I would say, to complement the on-site location-based experience rather than saying, we compete with that because it's entirely virtual. So... Appreciate you bringing that up. Any any thoughts on that? And even if there aren't, I encourage you to just kind of let that marinate for a bit and maybe like allow those gears to turn even beyond this session to really look beyond what we have available at our fingertips today and really kind of stretching out to what does this look like three years, five years, 10 years down the road in the way that the world is continuing to change around us and how can we make sure that we're part of that rather than being completely separate and being against it altogether. So Brandon, I appreciate you you're bringing up the question. Ready for another one? I guess so, yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All let's right. Let's do it. Here we go. Uh oh.
2: I don't know if we have anybody in the room that can talk about this, it says burnout. Oh. No. on it. Burnout due to staffing challenges and turnover. So we talked a little bit about, you know, leadership for, for turnover and things like that, but uh, when it comes to burnout, um, again we'll do, a, we'll do a quick poll. How many of you have experienced burnout? Raise your hands. Just about everybody in the room. So what does this feel like? Who would, who would like to share what this feels like? You guys kind of raise your hand back here. She says bad. You guys back here uh, said, so, so um, Introduce yourself, and
1: what does it feel like? Okay, Uh, hi, I'm Cole Sosnowski. I'm a mechanical engineering student at the Georgia Institute of Technology. So more from the academic end, but kind of expanding into work and clubs and everything is, uh, especially from the school experience, you get burned out from school, you get burned out from assignments, and then by that point, you know, we have very little either time or energy to do the things that we want to do afterward, and I think that's been affecting, as I think we can all attest to as students here. Um, uh, kind of engagement in post-academic activities. So, you know, if you have like crazy exam weeks so right around midterm, you show up to a club meeting and it looks like everyone's either about to die or is taking a nap <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and so we've been kind of dealing with trying to navigate ways of getting people engaged in post-academic activities while still not adding on to the already crazy workload that we have. Love it, awesome, thank you for
2: sharing that, Cole. Appreciate it. Excellent. Anybody else wanna share? Yeah, a round of oh. applause, of course. Yeah. Sorry about that, thank you, Dino.
1: Megan. <laughs> Megan.
6: Hi, I'm Megan from Universal Parks and Resorts. Whoop, whoop. Woo!
1: And one of the inaugural pros. And one of the
6: inaugural pros. attraction pros. Uh, <laughs> interns, Um, not experiencing burnout in my current role, but in a previous role, um, I experienced it. And it's just that constant feeling of being tired, but also undervalued at the
2: same time. Um, If I'm going to be doing all this work and putting all this effort in, I would definitely want the recognition for that. Sometimes you might not get the compensation, but it's just so easy to give recognition for the hard work you're doing and recognizing your employees when they hit that point in burnout. And I think part of that problem is also communicating that you're burnt out, which can be difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we can see it, right? Sometimes, round of applause first of all. I think sometimes we can see when someone's burned out because you can see the their physical, um, you know, just wilting of that human being, right? Um, but sometimes people mask it better than others. Um, and I also think that, you know, when you have the, the the feeling of being devalued and the exhaustion, all that mental fatigue then turns into physical fatigue, right? So I have a question: How many of you get tired during IAPA week? <laughs> Everybody, right? Everybody's hands up, right? But how many of you come back year after year to do the exact same thing, right? One of the things that Megan talked about was purpose, right? When you come to IAPA, you have a purpose, don't you? You want to see people, you want to learn something, you want to have a good time, you want to experience new attractions, new rides, new, new games, new cotton candy machines, whatever it is, right? We have this, 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 this very strong purpose for what we're doing. And I was thinking about this earlier today as I was pulling myself out of bed for yet another day of IAPA. But I was so excited about it, right? Well, and I think what Megan is talking about is when we lose purpose, when we don't know that what we're doing has value, that's when we start to start to wonder, why are we doing this? right? Why am I putting myself through that? We can deal with so much from a physical standpoint, probably more than we think we can, right? You know, if people that do Ironman competitions and do long extended bike rides and all these different things, right? Physically, we can probably do more than we think we can, but it's about our mind. So if our mind says there's
1: no purpose behind this, it's going to tell our body to stop. So... I have a follow-up question to that. Yeah, too. of course. And I apologize; it's not fully formed, but we'll, I'll try to make my way through it anyway. You talk about uh, you know being exhausted during Expo week and, and kind of like getting to the end because you've got that purpose. You talk about you know an Man, and you know last year I, I ran a marathon, and towards the end of training, I was absolutely feeling that burnout. But the purpose got me you know past the finish line, past the marathon. So so there was that. All of that was part of it. There are often times where I see businesses or or leadership that will maybe try to put things that look like purpose but might just be Something that is kind of a, a vanity purpose. So for instance, to say if you complete your summer, you will get you know X bonus, you make it to this date. If you hit your one year, your five year, your ten year milestone with the company, we're gonna give you, you know, this this pin, this recognition, this award. And those are all amazing things, and those are great ways to keep people going, but could that also potentially distract from the purpose of why do we keep going even when we're burned out? Is it because I'm chasing that bonus at the end of the season? Is it because I want that five-year, 10-year pin? And is that, is that as worth it as we always
4: see it to be? So just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah. I think Rob's Who, who's got a thought yeah. on that? Rob. I love that that question because it, it brings to light the very real purpose of like for instance pushing through on a marathon has nothing to do with the paycheck at the end. Right. It has everything to do with accomplishing a goal right but at work sometimes we're like oh don't worry you're gonna get that paycheck if you stick around through the summer and you will get the bonus or whatever but the entire time you're here we're gonna not change what we're doing and not appreciate you anymore or not say that you're great or not give you a day off if you ask for it or anything like that and so I think it's recognizing that people need more than a paycheck um, and that they can get a paycheck in a lot of different places nowadays too yeah excellent thanks so much Rob yeah Sean again here you go
2: and I just want to kind of add on to that, that even even when people are giving appreciation, it has to be authentic. Because there are times when we get in the habit of saying, oh, I appreciate you, I appreciate you, I appreciate you. But if you don't feel the authenticity behind that, if you don't actually mean that, then it's
0: just empty words. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Uh, follow up, real quick, Sean. Uh, <laughs> give me some um, examples, or uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe go a little deeper on what authentic appreciation looks like and sounds like to you.
0: Oh man! Uh, <laughs> if I had known you were going to ask me that, I wouldn't have opened my mouth.
2: <laughs> um, I, don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay. going to have to think about that. That's so okay. I, Anybody else? Uh, we, we have. Is it Karen in the back? Oh. All right. right. So he'll get one and then bring and Karen. <laughs> the Karen.
5: good Karen, yeah.
2: not the bad <laughs> Karen, right?
5: Authentic appreciation. Oh, I think you just have to know know your staff. Know what they like. Do they want a do they want those words? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Do they Prefer to get a little treat in the morning, uh, you know, a sweet. It just depends. I mean, I really look and I know my staff well, and I know the leaders in our institution are really trying to get on that bandwagon with uh, knowing what each individual really appreciates as authentic, um, authentic appreciation. It, and it, every person is different. People, some people are just happy with a high five. Thanks for doing a great job. Others would like, hey. A little note on your desk, or you know, throw a, a package of Twinkies and say, "Great job!" So it's I just like Twinkies. That. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the Twinkies. So. Right.
1: It- and you know thinking about that you know even further there there's so many uh, ways that you have to be able to whether whether it's incentivize your staff or be able to recognize and reward your staff that you build into the the infrastructures the gas card, the Starbucks gift card I worked uh, uh, in an office once where we were given a gene coupon as a you know as a reward and I think that all those are good, but are they Authentic. So it's almost like if, if you're going to truly be authentic with that appreciation, it's almost like you have to discard perhaps the structure of the recognition program and be able to, like Karen said, you know, what is it that they're looking for that is going to resonate best with them rather than good job, here's a $5 Starbucks card, which is, which is a nice thing. But maybe that nice thing can come across sometimes as, as just a little dry and as not as, as inauthentic.
2: As a and, and maybe one size fits all. Right, that's what it is. Like, exactly, you're getting the card. I'm getting the card. Everybody's getting
6: the card. Right. Where's the Where's the genuine meaning in that? Yeah. Um, Brandon, do you have something too? Yeah, and to take that a step further, yeah. um, Matt, you always talk about tying it back into your company's like values and mission statement. So when I uh, talk about authenticness, um, you know, the good job everybody at the end of the day is great, but it doesn't actually mean anything to them um, after it. So being specific and saying, Hey, if your mission statement is to make the uh, Make memories that last a lifetime. That was part of our motto. Talking to the employee and say, hey, you know what? After um, the, the person came in with all their redemption, you walked it to their car for them, and then you helped them, like, while they were getting their kids, you stood there, you, 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 you made it a calm and relaxing environment for them, and now they're excited. That was a memory that they're going uh, to, that, that means something to them, and that is part of our values. That yeah. is what the team member is going to remember instead of just a good job. So that's something yep. that I think about. Excellent. And then, and then
1: that connects it to the purpose, which can help to to minimize the burnout. Dino, do you have something to share as well? Uh,
6: Dino
3: Fazio. I'm Director of Operations at Maurice Piers in Wildwood, New Jersey. And basically just to tie on to what was just said, um, being specific um, in my opinion, being specific in your appreciation, what exactly did they do and what effect did it have, um, I think is really important. I've seen, especially seasonal leadership, great job. With what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they say great job over and over and over again. And at some point, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, so, And that's been a struggle for us from a, with our seasonal uh, leadership to get them to really understand that it's more than just saying, hey, great job. It's what exactly did they do and what positive effect did that have, why it's important that they did that. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: there's something I'd like to, to kind of uh, expand on a little bit because Josh was talking about you know being genuine with your appreciation it's going to be different for every person right and you may have to kind of throw the the script out the window if you will right so if your company says everybody gets a gift card for XYZ but that's not what people appreciate then you have to you know maybe go off script a little bit and one of the things that Josh and I talk about a, about a lot is how similar the employee experience can be to the guest experience because we're all human beings right so when you think about what is going to you know get a, a guest to come back it's similar actions and behaviors and and thought processes is to what you want to, to do to get an employee to come back so I'd like to kind of put it out there too and maybe Josh you can you can expand on this a little bit thinking about that concept of specific and genuine recognition for a, a team member, how does that correlate to guest service or guest experience when somebody might be serving a guest or serving lots of guests you know, all day long and applying that same sort of mindset?
1: So we're talking about uh, a leader giving positive recognition to be able to uh, possibly minimize burnout or be able to encourage repeatable behavior within them. You know, there's a lot of things that we ask our guests to do that might not be ultra intuitive to them. So you know, please move to the center of the room or everybody come down this way, or you know, uh, fasten your seatbelt first, then pull down your lap bar. <laughs> perhaps, those, perhaps those are opportunities that when we see guests doing that right, amidst of times where perhaps the guest is doing that wrong, thanking them for doing that, could encourage that continued behavior. Now we're training our guests to actually help out our operation. Am I somewhere in the right ballpark? You think,
2: You were in a different ballpark, but I like that one too. Okay. <laughs> um, what I was really thinking about was that the person that is maybe on the on the ride deck or yeah. you know at the at the turnstile, bringing people, you know, uh, allowing people to come in, um, and they're interacting with people all mm-hmm. the time different kind of people and you know families are a little bit different than maybe some older folks or you know people with little kids mm-hmm. maybe a little bit different and and individualizing that kind of experience so that you are not just cookie cutter Welcome to the park. Welcome to the park. Welcome to the park. Welcome to the park.
1: <laughs> well, I think then now we talk about all those opportunities to be able to personalize the experience and you know for the guest in front of you. It's the small things like recognizing the logo on the hat. It's perhaps offering assistance if it's an elderly couple who you know might need more time or they might need to know where the elevator is. Uh, it is the the guests who are pushing a stroller and about to carry it up the stairs to be able to anticipate those needs and say actually there's a ramp right around the corner. And I think it uh, is about getting out of the, like you said, that that cookie cutter mold of, I'm just going to go through the mechanics of all the job functions, uh, but instead, I'm actually going to extend beyond that and say, who is the guest in front of me, and be able to help them have the best experience that they need to have based on their individual needs. That was the ballpark.
0: All right. right. Brandon's got something uh, but Brandon, they both uh, Brandon Wiley with Hound. I think what it, a lot of what we're talking about really is about recognition of their humanity. So it, it lands both for the employee, but also for the guest. The guest comes and I recognize you as a individual person who has interests, who has passions, who has problems, why I'm here, maybe it's to escape, maybe it's to have fun, whatever that might be, and trying to just connect. And even if it's just a brief moment, being able to connect with that person, like you mentioned, the logo, you know, the logo on the top of the hat, you know, referencing that logo, maybe referencing a game If it's a sports team or something, a game that just happened, something like that took a moment to recognize you as an individual, and the same thing happens on the employee side. All you have to do is have these small little moments where you just recognize that they're um, mentioned small things that they're not just a cog in a machine. And sometimes I think we feel like we can be those cogs in a machine, especially if it's, you know, I'm one of 500 staff at a large park or even a small FEC that maybe has 50 or 150 staff. I'm just this cog in this machine. We take that moment to recognize a small little bit of humanity and just comment on something, even if it's not recognition, but just recognition of that they're an individual person. Cool,
1: excellent. Thank you, Brandon. We have another question?
2: We- yeah, sure. Yeah. I, think we've,
1: I think we've got time Take for away. maybe one or two more. Uh, let's see. We've got some really good ones here. How about this? This is, a, I would say, a personal development one, which I really like. Learning new skills and reaching outside my professional comfort zone. Let me follow that up with this question. Whoever comes to say Iapa Expo and you walk into a room f- full of people that you don't know and it feels really awkward because you want to meet everybody but you might feel like it's like like networking is awkward. As at its core it is kind of counterintuitive to what we normally feel as comfortable, so we do need to get out of our comfort zone and sometimes that might be awkward of getting from one zone to another zone. Does anybody have any recommendations? I see Frank, he's an expert networker in the room, so I can't wait to hear his tips on not just networking but being able to get out of your comfort zone and, uh, and the awkward zone.
3: Uh, Frank with Fun Spot America. Um, I definitely think one of the biggest things is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, For me, most of my career, until recently, I'm a theme park, operations, safety, rides guy. But recently there was an opportunity for me to join HR, and if you asked me five years ago, I would say I have zero interest in HR. I will never do that in my life. Uh, But after thinking about it, even talked to Matt and got his advice, I ended up taking this job in HR, and I'm learning a lot. And I think all this learning and trying new things throughout my career, has definitely helped me and elevated my career pathway so I definitely encourage everyone to take an opportunity in front of you just Really just try something new because you might fall in love with it Yeah,
1: Yeah. and you might even find that the learning curve is even quicker than you expected Especially if you have everything that you have coming with you behind you I went from being in ride operations to being in a guest services call center to selling photo souvenir retail to Consulting for Ritz-Carlton's to now working with software and technology and being able to kind of connect all those dots being able to find the simple Similarities helps to create that, that comfortability and, and allows for that growth in, in my own unique way. Somebody who would be in the same position right now with a completely different background would have a different way of getting to that same place. And that's what makes all of our individual skill sets very unique as far as what it is that we're bringing to the table. You forgot one thing that you do. I am a podcast host. That's it. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. That too, which by the way, that in and of itself can be one of those things of breaking out of your comfort zone of you know, recording something that is going out into the public domain every single week. What if I say something dumb? What if I stumble through my words? Well, guess what? We do that all the time, and we just keep doing it, and sometimes we get better at it, and sometimes we slip up when doing that, but we we want to be able to extend that that comfort zone, and sometimes it is just about plowing through the wall. So, if you listen to the first, like, 20 episodes of our podcast. 40. 40 what? Yeah. No. <laughs> 50, 60, whatever, you know. it's There's a lot of those those awkward moments that we sort of just plowed through and, and we regularly cleared them up and we, we learned from those small little mistakes, so it's about really allowing yourself to absorb feedback and sometimes that feedback can come from other people, sometimes it can be from yourself to say, all right, I realize that, I'm gonna to start to modify that and then you start to see those changes and then that that's something to chase, That's that, that becomes exciting in whatever aspect of your life and, Brandon, you're holding the mic there too. Yeah, so
0: uh, Brandon again. um, I think taking small bites out of whatever that big thing is too. So for example, I have a friend who's absolutely terrified of being up on stage period, but also talking in a microphone. In fact, I ended up taking over some of the introduction you know, things needed for the, the <laughs> sessions here at, at IAPA. Um, but she recently just got a karaoke machine for her house mm. so that she can practice just in front of her husband and her kids, singing the karaoke machine at her house you know, with that microphone. And so uh, just because she, she eventually wants to tackle that and, and you know, be able to get up on stage, that's one way. And the next thing would be for her to go to the karaoke bar and actually sing in front of a few people uh, in a dark room and then eventually get up on stage so taking those small little steps into accomplishing something new as well
1: Yeah, and sometimes that takes a little liquid courage at the karaoke bar, but then <laughs> But then you get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: does anybody have any um, Kind of tried-and-true Networking do you right back here yeah. you got it. Yeah, I got him. All I right. got him. I'll race you. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: <No>. you'll win
1: <laughs> Okay, who are you where you're from uh, Jamie Jamie Flaherty with Zola? Um, being a father of a five and an eight year old, I won't be adding the karaoke machine into our house. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you don't necessarily have to step out of your comfort zone in this industry because this is a, an attraction. You know, we're, we're surrounded by businesses focusing around having fun. So stick to what you're good at. If you like roller coasters, have a open up the conversation with, with that stranger talking about roller coasters. Ask what their favorite parks are. I mean, this, this is an awesome industry. And stick to what you know if you're not comfortable just opening up and pitching your service or asking for a job or any of those things. Stick to what you know. That's what people like talking about here.
2: Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause, good. Jamie, next to Don. I think what's really cool about that is that you're absolutely right. We are the fun industry, right? There's a lot of things that even in this room, you know we could go around and there's a lot of things I'm sure that we all have in common. And what's cool about that is that we could be talking about Brandon and I could be talking about roller coasters or something like that, and you know somebody walks up, Frank walks up, and he starts talking about it, and then somebody else walks up, and then now I've met Frank and all these other people, and you know it just kind of compounds on itself. So um, I think you're absolutely right. And Find those things that you can relate to other people about, and just stick with that until you become more comfortable with
1: you know approaching other people that you you don't even know. And then you sometimes realize that your comfort zone is bigger than you thought it was, and then it's not that it's growing; it's that you're finding more. Areas of it that you are already in. Yeah. So what do you think? Do we have time for one more question? I think we have time of? for one more. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Yeah. Excellent. We we're just given the five-minute paddle right. warning in the back. So let's do one more question and then uh, then we'll start to wrap this up. Oh, what this do we got? is interesting. Ooh.
2: How to be? This is kind of along the lines of uh, professional development. How to be, be? How to be best confident in your abilities while still being inclusive and accepting of others' ideas and contributions. So there's a balance there. Ooh, yeah. He's yeah. like, wow, that's a good one. Was that yours? No. Okay. <laughs> but it's about being confident in your abilities, right? But then also being open-minded enough to still have um, uh, other people allowed to share their points of
1: view. Yeah. I. You know, I think part of that is uh, really understanding to say, okay, I'm, I'm very passionate and proficient about X topic. And because of that, I don't want to just announce that I'm an expert at it and just add this this blanket, I'm, I'm perfect at it. But if you're passionate and proficient about it, then maybe that helps you realize, I always want to learn more and become even more proficient on this topic. So anytime I'm absorbing new information, I'm not dismissing it because I think I know everything, but I'm embracing it because there's always something more to learn about it and now I'm even smarter, now I'm even more confident in that particular ability or that topic. Yeah. Any other, any other I see a lot of heads bobbing here, so hopefully we're, yeah, we're like in agreement. <laughs> For the audio, so, that's really important. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> but but I, w- I would also say it is about balance, right? Yeah. Um,
2: and the more you do anything, the more confident you're gonna get at it. So whether that's network with, with someone, doing something at your job, um, you know, anything that you wanna do, swimming, the more you do it, the more confident you get, and hopefully at swimming you get really confident, really quick, <laughs> right? Um, so you get more confident at it, but I think also if, History as any teacher, the more you know, the more you know you don't know mm. hashtag that right so as you start to learn things, as you you know get into the workforce, as you are building your, your networking, building your confidence, you start to know that, okay, I don't know all this stuff, but I can be just as confident in what I do know, and it's okay that I don't know all this stuff, right? It's okay to have questions. One of the best leaders I ever had just asks questions all the time. And some people might think, well, he didn't know anything. No, he was trying to learn even more than he already knew. Mm. So I think that was a really uh, great role model for me to know that, even Even in that position as a director in an organization, he was just always asking questions.
4: All right. Here, Rob. Hey, I would just say one thing that um, being confident sometimes means that you have to share your confidence with others, and part of that is saying like, hey, we're gonna get through this, but I'm gonna give you a chance to take a whack at it first, right? Because, A lot of times when when we're the expert or where everyone looks straight at us when the question's posed. Hey, what are we gonna do about this animal experience? And Rob, right? (laughs) And so I think it's important that when when that happens, you could be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I have a few ideas on that, but I wanna hear what you think. I wanna hear what you think. I wanna see what you're gonna do. And if they don't step up that time, tell them this time, hey, next time I'm gonna ask you. Right? And then keep putting it back on the other people around you to encourage them to step up too. Um, because being confident doesn't mean you always have to do it. And being the expert doesn't mean you have to be the only one who does it. Excellent. Well said. Thank you, Rob and Brandon.
0: Yeah. So my son's in musical theater. He's, uh, you know, naturally I think very gifted at it. Um, but we recently talked to him about getting potentially a coach, uh, you know, vocal coach, you know, other things like that. And uh, th- he was like not quite sure whether or not he wanted to do that because maybe it meant that he needed some extra help. And again, you know, that thing about confidence, right? He felt very confident, but then if he gets a coach, does that mean that? And I said, look, even Olympic athletes have coaches, Olympic athletes, and they know that they have room to grow and ways to get better in order to stay as good as possible. Absolutely. Every sports
2: team has a coach, right? Every single one. So that's a great point. Thank you, Brandon. How about round of applause for these two, for those answers. Yeah.
1: Well, I think this is also a great note to end on as well. So we really appreciate all of you for coming today. And thank you all so much for participating. It is always so fun when we get to get together in this type of environment and be able to share this collective wisdom of the room that we can really all use to be able to support each other. And not just everyone in the room, but also everyone who's tuning into this once it goes live on the podcast. So for for everyone everyone out there who's watching and listening, just remember,
3: we are! are
2: attraction pros
1: thanks for listening to the attraction pros podcast make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release and even better please leave us a review on itunes for more information visit attractionpros.com